Hi, and welcome to For This Child, I Have Prayed. This is a podcast where faithful women share their journey to motherhood and how it has been marked by the goodness of God. Whether you are struggling with infertility, wrestling with postpartum, or navigating adoption, my prayer is that you are encouraged and uplifted by their testimonies of just how faithful our Creator truly is. In today's episode, Debbie will be sharing her journey to motherhood that includes more than a decade of infertility and multiple rounds of fertility treatments, but which also highlights how personal and intentional our God is and how he truly knows the desires of our hearts. Now let's meet Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. It's such an honor and a privilege for me to be joining you today. This is such a beautiful opportunity from the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. We got to chat a little bit before we hit record. And I know this is a God thing, and I'm so excited and honored um, for you to be here to share your story. But before we get into that, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Uh, my name is Debbie Del Prior. Um, I'm really not a, much of an anybody. I um, am a follower of Jesus. My husband is a pastor at a Chicagoland church. Uh, he's a campus pastor, actually. And um, we've been mar- we've been together. We just recently celebrated 32 years of being together. Wow. Which is Congratulations. Like I, it's wonderful. Thank you. I love it. I'm a huge fan of him, obviously. Adore <laughs> him. You, like just love what God does with people and marriages and relationship and how he teaches us so much about who he is and what he does and how he works. And so I love to have such an incredible partner to journey this life with. And as you will hear about, I have a daughter who is going to be 11 in just a few weeks. So, um, that's a little bit about me. I am, I'm kind of a part-time stay-at-home mom, part-time little work on the side here and there, but mostly um, I would like to identify myself as a follower of Jesus. And I love the Lord and I'm super passionate about his purposes and his faithfulness and his goodness. And um, just excited to share and point people to him because it's about him. So excited for this opportunity again. Thank you. I love it. I love it. So I know your story and your journey to motherhood is going to highlight and glorify just what you said, the characteristics of God and the goodness of who he is. So would you like to go ahead and get started? Yeah. So this is going to be so fun because I've just prayed so much leading up to this moment. I've asked my family and my friends to pray um, because I want God's words to come through on this and not my own. So, um, like I said, I met my husband, I was 18 when I met my husband and he's four years older than I am. And I fell in love with him immediately. We, um, both recognized that we had common faith. We both were looking for that in a life partner and God just opened really beautiful doors for us. Um, I was raised as a pastor's kid. My dad was a pastor. Um, unfortunately, he had a bad heart condition and I lost him at a really young age. I was eight years old when he passed away. So my mother, who was a stay-at-home mom, part-time church secretary at the time, um, was left to raise three children. My sister was 11. I was eight. My brother was five. And so she went out and got 
two jobs to support her family. And she got a job at a school so she could be available with us in the summer. And um, I grew up just loving like home economics and cooking channels. And I always dreamed of being a mom and cooking for my family and, you know, really no huge career aspirations at all. Just wasn't interested in that. Um, And so always looked forward to, you know, just being a mom and starting a family. So my husband and I had a really long, we dated for a long time before uh, we married. He's old school Italian and wanted to have all his ducks in a row and money saved and his college debt paid off and all of those things, which I'm super grateful for in hindsight, looking back. So we married um, when I was turning 25, I believe. And so initially I, you know, we, right before we got married, they put you on the birth control and all that, you know, the normal um, protocol that they follow. And it's so funny because when I look back, just some of these random parts of our story, it's humorous to me because it's not characteristic of my husband, but we were probably maybe a year into our marriage and we were living in our condo at the time. And there was like that pamphlet, you know, it's like eight feet long and it lists all the possible side effects of the medication. And he happened to pick it up and was looking at it and said, you know, I don't like some of the stuff that I'm reading and you know, I don't know if it's a good idea for you to be on this birth control. And, you know, sometimes I can tell changes in your mood. I just wonder how it's affecting you. And so I was like, well, what if we get pregnant? And he was like, well, we'll just, we can work around it. You know, God's in control. We always were like, well, God's in control. God's in control. And so kind of mindlessly not like giving it too much thought. So we were intentional about preventing pregnancy for a couple of years on our own. But at this point, we're probably three years into our marriage. And so people start asking, and as with, you know, normal life, my friends start getting married and pregnant. And so it all starts. So I would say, um, I said earlier when I was talking to you, it was 14 years, but it was, we were together for 14 when I finally conceived, but, um, we didn't struggle. So we probably did struggle with infertility, probably about 10 years. That's probably a more accurate um, time span of that. But we, um, we had noticed, like we had hit a point in our relationship where I was like, isn't it odd to you that we haven't had like any oops or like close calls or we're newlyweds. It's not like, like we're doing everything we should be doing. And So then people started asking us questions. When are you guys going to get pregnant? And we were talking about it. And so at one point we were like, we should probably just go get it checked out. So we went in, we got it checked out. They said I had endometriosis, which is super common. I was young. They said it didn't seem like it was super severe. I had had some ovarian cysts, just some common things like that that they had taken care of. And eventually over time, they just started us on Clomid. And I mean, you know, it, you're familiar with all of it. Uh, we went through all the processes of everything. And we did, I'm going to kind of like, I'm, I'm, I want to be mindful. So I want to pause because I want to definitely, I'm a talker. So I want to give space to God to like kind of slow me down a little bit because I, I, I think it's beneficial to all of you who are listening to hear the stages, because I think we can look back hindsight 
and see the blessing of God. And we can miss all the really important, like painful, gut-wrenching heartache in the midst of it. So I don't, I don't want to gloss over that. So I want to be careful to keep it segmented in the time frame that happens. So and At sorry, Debbie, I'm just going to, I appreciate that someone who is, is in that middle stage, let's say, I appreciate you taking the time and kind of giving space to let's acknowledge that and give that a moment and not just brush over. And then we did this, 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 and then I got pregnant. And I know that there's right. women who are also with me in this this sticky stage of there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of procedures being done. There's a lot of medication. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of ifs, ifs, ands, and buts. So uh, thank you for acknowledging that and and holding space for that. Absolutely. Um, It's interesting because since the onset of our call together, there's been like three or four times that I've felt like tears come which is, I mean, I'm a sensitive person anyway, so it's not out of character for me to cry. Any, any of one of my close friends listening to this are cracking up right now, but um, it's, it's just interesting the level of emotion when I give myself the space to go back. Um, and I just remember feeling things. I think something that's important to say is I would find myself constantly. And I went through all of the scriptures and that for this child, I prayed and all the stories of trusting God and going to God and saying, you can do anything. My faith is there. I have no doubt that you can't, you know, you parted the Red Sea, raised Jesus from the dead. You turned water to wine, you fed 5,000 and on and on and on. So there's no doubt that his word says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive living in us. So there's no doubt that in today, you know, 2000 plus years later, he's doing, he can do the same thing. I mean, even more, Jesus said, even greater things will happen in my name. So um, I believed that, but then I had this reality in front of me where things weren't happening. And I was faced with my idea and everything I'd ever longed for. And at this point, I was not a career person, but God had just over the years of us dating and marriage and all of that advanced me in my job. I was, you know, excelling in my role at my job and been given more opportunity. And um, I was in a much better position financially with the type of work I was building a career, but that's not necessarily what I wanted. And and in hindsight, I look back and it it kind of felt trapping because I was getting more jobs and more responsibility and more leadership of, you know, all of these things. And I remember having conversations with God going, this is great. And I'm so thankful. And thank you. Like, thank you. Like, what a beautiful thing you're doing. And it's all from you because even how he blessed me in work was his hand. And I recognize that, but I couldn't reconcile, like, why, why are we not, you know, why are we having to go to a doctor to get this checked out? Why don't I just I have a romantic night with my husband and I get pregnant, right? Like that's how it it goes. And so when we begin to start looking at it, and I think another area where we would fall back in is we both had such faith that we almost defaulted to a place of complacency of like, well, if the Lord wants us to get pregnant, we're going to get pregnant. Like it's his timing, his way, which is absolutely true that, you know, 
God's the one that makes the decision. And we believe 100% that God is the giver of life. No matter how that life comes to be, he breathes life into that embryo, whether it is naturally occurring or in a Petri dish, however, science working together with God, he's the giver of life. And we've always believed that. So it was hard for us to wrestle with our role in this and whether we should and whether we shouldn't. And looking back, I see that. And and I think if I have to make sure that the biggest point of the story that I want to get across is this, our journey and this, I'm so grateful that this is a podcast that is faith-based because for, for us, for me, it is all about God. And even though we go through these horrific experiences like infertility or the loss of a loved one, I just lost my brother-in-law at the end of December. He was 58. It was very unexpected. No one expected it. We all believed in faith that God was going to heal him. We got to know God did heal him on the other side. Um, but, but as followers of Jesus, we understand that sometimes there's a no, and that's part of God's story. And, and he is so good that he'll use it for his glory and he will equip us and get us through it. And after the fact, we'll be able to say, thank you, Lord, and see the good and the pain. But in the midst of it, we can't see that. And it's crippling and it paralyzes us. And I went through a lot of those emotions and, um, we, it's interesting because my husband was very, um, and this is just part of his personality. Like God's got it. It's under control. God's, you know, it's, it's all going to be taken care of. And I think as women, and this is the part that I thought I don't want people to miss. Sometimes we get, we mistake it and we allow, um, evil in this world or whatever you want to call it, the enemy, negative thinking, however you want to house that we allow that to get in and put the focus back on us. I did something wrong. I hurt my body. I, you know, even on a spiritual level, God, is there some sin that I committed that I haven't confessed or, Oh gosh, you know, what did I do? And, and I, and I believe 100% that that's the enemy of our souls trying to just heap holes and pain onto an already existing hardship that we're going through. Keep us in shackles of shame. 100%. Like just, and, and, and he will, he will, you know, exaggerate things to try to make us think it's so much worse than it really was. And, and I just, I mean, I would have these conversations, like I was saying earlier with the Lord, where I was like, God, you know, I read through the Psalms and, you know, you delivered me from all my fears. Why aren't you delivering me? Like, you know, the, the scripture that says, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Like, Lord, I delight in you. Why, why, you know, and, and I can't say that I went to God that often and said, why, why? But I did. It was more like, I don't understand. Like what's going on. What's happening. I don't understand. So um, I'm going to fast forward a little bit, but I think it's important to say that I wrestled with all of those questions and what did I do wrong? And, you know, is it me? Did I, you know, am I, am I responsible for this? Is it, you know, is God punishing me or um, did I misunderstand something? Am I, am I not following him? And I, you know, <laughs> am I reading the wrong version of the Bible? I mean, really stupid 
ridiculous stuff. But at the time, you're just so grasping for straws. You want to know why. And I can tell you that when I look back, I am so, so grateful to God that I did not have a child earlier than what his design was for us for so many reasons that I can't even go into, but I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So we went through the Clomid and all of that. And then we did two full rounds of artificial insemination and we did three full rounds total of IVF. We were very conservative with our doctor. Our doctor gave us a hard time, told us we were crazy, but I said, look, as many, you know, whatever you fertilize is going back in. So, you know, if it's three, if that's the safest number, you know, because they can split, we all know those things. So all of us ladies in the science and, you know, infertility world know what all that Petri dish stuff sounds like. But um, so we did that. And so we did, we did one and all of the people at the clinic that we were working with, they knew that we had strong faith. And so we gave them permission to be excited with us if things looked good. And, you know, they maybe said some encouraging things to us that they may not say to other people because we gave them that right. So I'll never forget on our second round of in vitro fertilization, they implanted two healthy embryos. And I remember the nurse telling me, oh my gosh, these embryos look so perfect. And oh my gosh, can you like, wouldn't it be so great if you had twins? And so, and my husband and I obviously had talked about this so many times in the past. Like, what if we got two in one? Wouldn't that be great? You know? And I remember being on bed rest after they implanted those two embryos. And my mom was over and I won't even forget like where I was sitting at on my couch. And my mom was sitting across from me on the love seat. And I said, mom, I would just feel so loved by God if I got pregnant with twins. And I'm telling you, no sooner, it was like, no sooner did those words leave my lips that I heard the Holy Spirit speak into my mind. Debbie, I cannot love you anymore. I sent my son to the cross, to die for all of the world, to make them one with me. There's nothing more I can do. And that did something inside of me. And that changed me. And that changed my heart. And it changed my perspective. And I, and I remember, you know, we, we all come to this point in this journey when we've had our nose again and again and again where we have to look and say, okay, God, am I going to praise you? And am I going to love you? And am I going to proclaim your goodness even through the no? And so that was my place where I came because quite honestly, I didn't want to go through in vitro, you know, as well as I do, it's so intrusive and invasive and, you know, you can throw romantics out the door because you have to get to places at certain times and everything's scheduled and all of that. And, um, Another important piece that I want to speak to about the personal part of Jesus with his children. I believe I'm not a theologian by a long stretch. So this is just my own personal belief. 
Um, but I believe that prayer is used so powerfully by God to introduce us to personal intimacy with him because it's so much more about the relational of us expressing the intimate details of our heart. And then when he responds to that going, there's no way there's no, there's no um, coincidence or fluke like that. God heard me. He saw me. And I remember getting ready. So we were, um, this is another really important piece of the job. So my husband went to a Bible college, graduated Bible college. And we always talk about being in ministry and we always talk about working in ministry. I thought I was going to marry a pastor. He wasn't a pastor. We got married. So I thought, well, you know, who knows? We knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is, you know, God wanted us together. And so in, oh, December, it was December of 2010, we decided we were having a hard time getting pregnant and have conceiving. We had been through a couple of vitros. And we decided to go visit a friend of his who was a missionary in Yap, Micronesia. And we told our whole family, and we were like fun aunt and uncle because we didn't have any kids and we both were, we were double income, no kids. And so we were like, you know, we would buy all the fun stuff for the nieces and nephews. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so we broke the news to our family, like, hey, we're not doing gifts this year. We're going to go on a missions trip instead. And we're going to spend two weeks. And we went to Yap, Micronesia and just had a beautiful time there. And really spent a lot of time praying. We were like, oh gosh, or maybe God's going to send us overseas. And as I said earlier, my mom's a widow. So I'm like, oh, surely the Lord's not going to send us overseas to be missionaries. You know, that's not the plan. And my mind's spinning and all the things that happen when we're going through infertility and the, a woman's head and God's plan and what it's going to look like. And so we had so many nights on that trip where we talked so specifically about what God was going to do with our life and how he was going to use us and what that was going to look like. And again, this was December of 2010 and the timing here is intentional. So on purpose, um, he's so on purpose with how his timing of things. It's, it's If you don't believe in God, it's I, I'm at a place in my life where I'm like, how can you not believe in him? Because He's his it screams through scripture. And then when you have your personal experiences with him, and thanks to modern technology, we get to share this. And like you said, you know, this encourages people and gives people hope. So we are, you know, at the time we were um attending a, a mega church in the south suburbs of Chicago, and we'd only been there a couple of years. Um, and we were at another church previously for a long time, super involved, youth ministry and everything. And we were getting involved at this new church and doing youth ministry and just loving people and trying to live life on mission and just connecting with people and trying to shine our light in the midst of things. And we would share our story even as to date about our infertility with people and we're open with it. We had a lot of people praying for us and everything. And so um, we were, so we got back from that trip and we were scheduled to do our third round of in vitro. And um, it was a big one. Thank God we had great insurance that covered it all. But it was a big one. And um, it, because every, every cycle, every chance you get, it's like, okay, this is one more. If it's a yes, great. But if it's a no, okay, then we got to gear up for the next one. So we were going into the third one. and. I just, I, I was, I was like, all right, Lord, I'm doing this. You've provided the opportunity. We had, I had 
beautiful back in the day when health benefits were just amazing, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Like we had this great insurance plan that was very helpful, which is in a blessing in and of itself because there's people that raise money for this like every cycle and it's expensive. And so we were just so grateful that so that God had provided the resources. So we wanted to be responsible and use what he gave us. So we did that um, third round of in vitro and I was on bed rest for my third round of in vitro. And my husband gets a phone call from the senior pastor of the church that we were attending at the time and invited my husband out to breakfast. And so he comes in and he's like, Hey babe, the pastor wants to take me out for breakfast. And he's like, I hope I didn't do something wrong. (laughs) You know, we were working with the students at the time. And, you know, my husband really has a deep, you know, heart for the lost and, Um, He doesn't put very many parameters around that. And he is, you know, super unconventional in the way that he connects with the lost. And so we were like, oh, gosh, what happened? You know, and we kind of, you know, laughed about it. So another pivotal part of our story, and it's a lot of detail, but it's important because it all weaves together in God's story for our lives, particularly. But I was on bed rest. I was in bed. And my husband comes back from this lunch and you've got to understand, like my husband's like, he was total jock in college, played every single sport that was available, wrestling, baseball, football, all of it, um, tattooed all over the place. Like he, he, he doesn't, he's not your atypical, you know, suit collar kind of guy. And he comes back from this, um, lunch meeting and he's, and he's like South side Italian guy. And uh, he's sobbing, which is completely out of, like, my husband's not a sobber at all. Like, he's, like, crying. His shoulders are, and I'm like, oh, dear gosh, babe, what happened? You know, like, what's, did someone die? Did you get a phone call on the way here? And he looks at me, and I literally am sitting up in bed. I was physically on bed rest during the waiting period um, after they had done the transfer. And he says, babe, they want me to be a campus pastor. Like they want me to come, they want me to change vocations. They want me to leave my job. And he had a very good job at the time. And, and they, they want me to become a pastor. And so we both were just like dumbfounded, like, God, what in the world are you doing? And right before that, he had said, I just feel like God's going to do something. I don't know what it is. And we're thinking he's going to send us to, you know, halfway across the world to be like orphan parents at a orphanage home or something. We had no idea what he was going to do. And so we both just said, okay, well, we're going to pray about this for a long, the church gave us a beautiful long time to pray about it, which was so thoughtful and um, intentional and beautiful. Like we were really grateful for that. My dad was a pastor. And so we wanted to go into it with our eyes wide open and we wanted to pray about it and make sure we were saying yes, because that's what God wanted and not, we just wanted to be clear. So we spent a long time in prayer. We met with a lot of people and uh, were very purposeful and intentional in making that decision. And so um, we had decided that we would wait to do, we had one more in vitro left and we decided that we would wait until after we had made a decision and after he went on staff before we would 
do that final one. And I was just super um, conflicted about it, to be honest with you. And I remember, again, I can remember the place that I would was standing in my living room when I prayed this. And I can't stress to you enough the amount of tears and prayers. And I don't understand. And, you know, God, this doesn't make sense to me. And your word says, be fruitful and multiply. And we can't. And what's going on? And um, just not understanding, like, like I said earlier, being in my career and advancing and being like, this doesn't make sense to me. It was more than anything. It was, this doesn't make sense. I love you. I want to, you know, and so, so then enter this opportunity for my husband to change, you know, vocations. And, and so we were praying about it. And so he, he went back to the executive and senior pastor on September 15th of 2011 and said, Deb and I decided that we, yes, I'm going to, you know, go into this. And so, um, and it's so interesting because when people hear my story, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I think it's important. I don't want to miss saying this. I think people, you know, they hear, oh, well, yeah, you know, you just kind of relaxed and you weren't thinking about it. And that's why things happened or, oh, they bought a car. And, and, and sometimes I want to like take people and like take them by their shoulders and say, please, for the love of God, look in my eyes. You need to understand in the eyes of a woman who has gone through, and I never suffered um, any miscarriages, praise God. Um, but getting a no on an infertility, it, it, I can't relate it because it's not fair. And I've never been through that. But I think there's some transferable feelings because you're anticipating that all the right stuff is in place. Just it, did it take, did it, did my body accept it? So it's there, there is that no factor. I had gone through all of those emotions and I, I want to take people and just look at them in the eye and say, this is the gift of God. This is God's divine choice in creating life. And there's that verse in scripture that says, I knew you before I formed you in the womb. And that is the truth of who God is. And every single life is, he is involved in it. And so I, I'm just, I'm always shocked when people say, oh, well, you took your mind off it. And the other thing I wanted to say is we never, ever take our mind off of it. It's always there. It's always in the back of your head. It never goes away. You don't have to wake up one morning and someone say, oh, hey, by the way, you haven't been able to get pregnant. It's always there and it's so painful. So we're, we're nearing the end of this. And so my husband said yes on September 15th. And I remember standing in my living room and my husband and I just had a conversation and we said, well, maybe we'll try again in January, start of the year. We'll try January 2022, get get a quarter in at the church, working at the church, and we'll, you know, get in our rhythm. And once that settles down, then we'll do it. You know, we'll we'll do our fourth round. That's what was covered with our insurance at the time. And so I remember I'm super like old school, nostalgic, old fashioned in some respects. In other respects, I'm not. I mean, the girl likes Target and getting her hair and her nails done and makeup. I'm all about that as well. So um, but I remember praying in my living room 
and crying and just saying, God, I know that you give life. I know that you give life. There's no doubt in my mind. And I do trust you. And I trust you that if we never have kids, you're going to do something spectacular. And I'm going to look back on it later and I'm going to see your hand and you're going to put my heart at peace. And, you know, we can interpret that God gives us the desires of our heart one way thinking, you know, if we delight ourselves in God, that he's going to give us what we want. Or we can look at it and say, I'm going to delight myself in God and the Lord is going to give me what my desires should be. And, and I'm going to be so happy and so grateful for that. So I'm praying this to God and I said, Lord, I believe you can give life, but I just, I just want to say, I want to have a romantic evening with my husband and conceive a baby. I just, in case I've never said it this way, God, this is my heart. And I remember crying because it was more like, oh God, like, I just want it to happen the natural way. Like it was just such a something in my heart. And so we were gearing up and um, my husband was on staff. He said yes on September 15th. And so um, I think he was scheduled. He was actually scheduled to start on November 15th. So he gave two months notice to, for you know enough time for his job because he was switching careers. And on October, the weekend of October, um, it was like one of the end weekends in October, I was supposed to take my mom away to Michigan just for like, you know, we were just going to go away and spend some time together. My girlfriend had a cottage and it was unseasonably cold in October. It wasn't like typical fall. It was like 35 degrees at night. And I had a really horrible cold and my husband just said, you know, I don't think it's a good idea. You're sick. You feel like you're getting a fever. It's probably not a great idea for you to go away. So I called my mom and told her, you know, I'm getting sick. I'm not feeling good. I have some congestion in my chest. And um, so we canceled our trip that weekend. And so that following Saturday was October 22nd. And I woke up and I couldn't talk. And I was sick as a dog. And it was the weirdest thing because the night before when I was feeling bad, normally, like my typical protocol would be like, I'm going to Walgreens or CVS. I'm getting NyQuil, Sudafed, you name it, like just get me all looped up and I'm going to sleep for three days and I'm going to be fine. I'm going to go back to my normal way of life. And I didn't do that. And so I remember waking up that morning and um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Frozen, but um Anna, Elsa's the, okay, so Elsa's the ice princess. So Anna wakes up and her hair's like, she looks like Medusa and she's half asleep. And so I woke up, that's how I looked. I was, you know, sick as a dog. My hair was a mess. I was sleeping on my stomach all night. And I woke up and I remember smelling bacon because my husband was in the kitchen. I'd slept in, he was making bacon. It was Saturday morning and I rolled over and I know I can share this because this is a podcast on having babies and infertility. So we can talk about the gritty stuff. But I, I rolled over and I'm telling you, I felt like a Mack truck had punched me in the side of my breast. And um, this is also an important um, part of the story. So prior to this, I was counseling a girl and I worked at a law firm at the time. I was counseling and encouraging one of the girls there that was going through infertility. 
And I, it was that week that I was encouraging her. And she said, um, I just said, you know, it's God's time. It's so hard in our bodies. And I said, you know, like, like I'm like three weeks late for my period right now. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. And she was like, wait, you're three weeks late for your period. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, are you going to take a pregnancy test? I'm like, no, I'm getting my period. I feel it. Like, I know my body, like I've done this so many times and, you know, 15 years, I know. And so she's like, Debbie, promise me you'll take a pregnancy test by, by, you know, Saturday or Sunday, if you don't get, and I just like poo pooed it. And it's funny because I was so confident. I was like, you're crazy. There's no way, you know, I've been through it for two. There's no way. And so then this happens this Saturday morning that I wake up and I feel like a match. Well, I, I was like, I got my period. And that's what's going on because you get tenderness in your chest and all that. And so only I did it. I discovered I didn't get my period. So I was like, this is so ridiculous. And of course I have like four pregnancy tests in my, you know, closet in my bathroom because I'd gone through so many of them. And so I, I, I do the pregnancy test and I'm not kidding you within like three seconds, I see two lines and I, I think I said out loud sitting, you know, there, I don't want to be too graphic, you know, oh my God, not like disrespectfully, but like in reverence, like, oh my God, wow, what are you doing? Like, we, we wanted to be a ministry and you opened a door and now what is happening? It was like, I was so overwhelmed by the goodness of God. I did not, I was just shocked and I had no desire like, oh, I better take another test or I knew there's a verse in the Bible that said, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And I felt the power of that verse. So I go out of the bathroom and I come down the hallway in our house, like a map, you know, like just, I, I was like, hey, babe, you got to sit down. You got to sit down. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, if you saw that Italian guy, normally he'd be like, settle down, you sit down. What's going on? So I'm like, no, you got to sit down. You got to sit down. I couldn't, I couldn't talk fairly. I, my voice was all scratchy. And so um, he sits down and this is, gosh, 2011, 12 years, 11, 12 years ago. And I said, I, I, I put it down on our um, couch table. And I said, I think we're having a baby. <laughs> and he goes, what? What? Did, oh, babe, babe, recalibrate that thing. Are you, uh, babe, settle down. He's like, he's like trying to get <laughs> like, babe, I, you, you might not be just hold on. Wait a minute. I'm like, no, babe, I, we're pregnant. We're pregnant. Here's two lines. You know, we're pregnant. And so we were in fact pregnant. And so six weeks after my husband said yes to going into ministry, I got pregnant with a natural pregnancy. And we don't, we've had so many people say, oh, well, you said yes to God. And, and he, and I'm like, no, 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 no. He's not a vending machine. God. We're not like, oh, we're going to put this in. We're going to say yes to you. And then you're going to give up. He doesn't operate that way. It was his timing. And I can look back now and for the sake of my daughter, see that we were in the church. We were surrounded by the people, her friends, my godly friends that are in a healthy place, in a healthy church, being taught God's word that can 
where she's getting to see real life examples of people that are legitimately living out the gospel in their lives and walking a road of intentional relationship with Jesus. And I, her story could have looked very differently if I would have gotten a yes, you know, however, however many years earlier. And so, um, so that's really the, the, the crux of our story. It's the long one, but that, you know, that 10 years makes up a long time. And honestly, it's so funny because I turned, so I have my daughter the same year that I turned 40 and, um, I was a high risk pregnancy and it's so funny because they, they tried to be cool about it and like not alarm me, but on the day that we went in, um, and here's another really sweet personal thing. It's so important for me to highlight how personal Jesus is with us because it shows his love for us. And I think it's so important for listeners to hear this, but I prayed that my water would break. There was something in me about, I just, for me personally, God knew that he had to minister to me in this way to strengthen my idea of his faithfulness and our relationship. This, and this is specific to, to me, but I said, Lord, I want to experience like my water breaking. I want to like, I want to know that it's your time for the baby to come and all of that. And I had an amazing pregnancy. It was beautiful. And I was like giddy happy the whole time. And even if I got slightly nauseous, I was like, who cares? I'm having a baby. Um, and it was one of the most joyful um, times in our lives, but we, we just don't believe that God's a vending machine God. And we just believe that it's all in his timing. And I think when we sit back and we say, okay, God, this is about you and not about me. I think he does something in us that unleashes his power in our lives. And it doesn't mean that we're going to get the answer we want or that a parent's going to be healed of a cancer diagnosis, or we're not going to lose someone close to us. I mentioned my brother-in-law earlier, um, the end of last year, but it does mean that we can get through those things with a different perspective and peace. And that when we do get the yes, it's so much sweeter and it screams the faithfulness of God so much more. And my daughter, she, we tell everyone she's a miracle and so she's going to be 11. So she's like, okay, can you quit telling that story? It's a little like, it's embarrassing now, you know, like when she was younger and like first grade school, it was fun to tell a story. My mom thinks I'm a miracle. And now she's like, can we please not talk about that anymore? And I'm like, absolutely not. I'm going to talk about it until the day I die because you are a miracle. And, you know, we were never, we, I obviously we have just one, we had her and um, I turned 40 the same year that I had her, my husband and I celebrated our 15 year wedding anniversary. The same year that I had her, we were going to go to Italy and we had a baby instead, which was much better. And for us, we were so excited about that. Um, and we tried several times to conceive after, and we, we were natural about it. We didn't not try or try but we've always left that door open and God's just never allowed it to happen again. So even with one, as grateful as we are with the one, there's still those feelings that I go through of like, you know, the fear and some of the anxiety that creeps in about, oh, she's a single child. She's going to be raised without siblings. I'm super close with my older sister. We're like best friends. I'm close with my brother. I'm, 
we were a very close knit family, especially because my, you know, my mom being a widow, me losing my dad, but, um, but I have to go back to God saying, I'm in control. This is my story through your life. And it's to give me glory. And it's all about the end game because God's word says it's, we're, we're all going to go meet him one day. So this part that we experience is about him and we can invite him in and he can be a part of it. And he's glorified in the good and in the bad, he's close and he's close to the brokenhearted and he hears us and he helps us. Or we can try to do it apart from him. And that to me is the saddest story of all, because I can't imagine going through any of this um, without him. So we are just super grateful. I have a 10 year old, soon to be 11 year old. Um, and she's a sheer delight and she keeps us young. I just turned 50. <laughs> so um, yeah, that, that, I think that was kind of long. No, that was, that was perfect. That was long. There's oh. no such thing as long. Oh, okay. that is amazing. I was nodding my head along with you the entire time. There's so many things that you said. One, God is not a vending machine. I love that. And I think sometimes as Christian women specifically, sometimes with our personalities, we think, okay, we have to give this, insert this coin into the machine, and then God will give us yeah, this back. Absolutely. And it's not yeah. like that at all. Um, so I love that. And then what you just said is, I don't know how people can go through this without him. I right. have said that all along. I have no idea. My heart aches for the woman who is on an infertility journey or has suffered loss or miscarriage and does not have the promise of God and salvation through Jesus. And that not knowing that he is there with you. I don't know. My heart aches and breaks for that woman. Um, Absolutely. So, but I, your story was beautiful and it so highlighted his perfect timing, his perfect timing. It brought me back to John the Baptist that, you know, he had to be born when he was born to prepare the way for Jesus. If he had been born decades before when Elizabeth was right. trying to get pregnant, he would not, Jesus, that right. wouldn't happen, that timing, you know? So I love when you say right. that, you know, he's so personal and intentional. And your story, Debbie, just in overall with the fertility treatments that you went through, uh, multiple rounds of IUI, multiple rounds of IVF, and then got pregnant naturally. I, I find that so encouraging. And that, and I said before, I'm probably before we hit record, God is no respecter of persons. So it's no. not that your story is going to look identical to somebody else. No. And I love the fact that throughout your entire story, you highlighted God is in control of life. He creates life no matter Absolutely. how it comes in, how it comes to be. Absolutely. And his hand is all in that. Um, so absolutely. thank you so, so much again for sharing your testimony and your journey to motherhood. Uh, it is truly what I needed to hear and has encouraged me. And I know that there's so yes. many other women who are going to be encouraged by it as well. So thank you again. Would you do us the honor of closing us out in prayer, maybe specifically praying for that woman listening who may be on a similar journey to yours? Absolutely. Father God, 
we just want to take a moment to silence ourselves before you right now. And God, I pray for the listening audience, wherever they're at, I just want to encourage them to take a couple deep breaths and just focus on their bodies and the way that they can see and drive and move and get out of bed and pick things up with our hands and walk. And God, you are the master workman. Your creation is so perfect. The way that you have designed our bodies, God, just help the listening audience right now. Just stop and focus on the fact that we are praying to God, the father that we are praying to Jesus, our Savior and our Redeemer, and that we're praying to the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells inside of us, who profess the name of Jesus and our Christians, and that that Holy Spirit that lives inside of us and leads us into all truth is our helper and our counselor and our comforter. And God, we just want to praise you and say thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your great love for us, Jesus. Thank you for, I, I'll never this side of heaven be able to comprehend how you did what you did when you came to earth and walked our walk and experienced our pain. God, you're, none of this surprises you. You know about rejection and you know about ridicule and you know about, you know, loneliness and you know about just feeling like the outcast youth experienced all of those feelings god you experienced jesus you your words said that like there were miracles you couldn't even perform because people's faith wasn't there so god we just pray that you would infuse those listening infuse them god with your with with faith god your word says if we have faith as small as a mustard seed that we can cast mountains into a sea, God, like, oh my goodness, that is so powerful, Lord. So God, we just come to you and we pray that all those listening would feel most importantly, the intimate fellowship of you, God, is God the Father, that they would experience you, Jesus, as their Redeemer, that they know that they could call out to you and speak to you the deepest from the deepest recesses of their soul, their pain, their heartache, their hurt, their loss, their, their weariness, their depression, their anxiety, their fear. Help them to just come to you, God, and lay that at your feet. And then I pray, God, that you would fill their lives with tangible stories and experiences like the one I shared, God, and what you did in my life and and remind them of the words in the Bible and all the miracles that you did, that the same God that did all of those things in your word and do those things and is doing those things today, God. My story is the speck of sand on the beach of your tapestry, God, where you just there, there's so many stories, God. And so we pray that you would work, God. Father, we pray for your perfect timing. We pray for your perfect peace. And God, I pray that you would bless this podcast, God. 
I pray that nothing evil will come against it. I pray that you would use it. I pray that it would advance and that it would reach a lot of people. God, this is such beautiful stuff. And God, we praise you in advance for how you're going to work and answer prayers and create more new stories. And we just celebrate that. And we thank you in advance for it because we believe that you can and you will do it. God. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I love how I learned that amen means let it be. So in the name of Jesus, let it be. We love you so much. Amen. 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 I love that. And I also just feel called for the woman that might be listening who does not identify herself as a believer and follower of Jesus. You don't have to do this alone. He doesn't want you to walk this journey alone. He is seeking you. You just need to seek him. So I just want to take a moment and tell you that you can have the same faith that Debbie had. You can have the same peace that Debbie had, and you can experience his perfect plan as well. All you have to do is ask Jesus into your heart and declare him as your Lord and Savior. Yes, Lord. Yes. So thank you so much, Debbie, for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey to motherhood And thank you listeners for taking the time to tune in today. If Debbie's testimony encouraged you or you know a woman in your life that needs to hear this story, please be sure to share it with them. And if you haven't already left a star review wherever you listen to your podcast, if you could please go ahead and leave one, I would be so grateful. My hope and prayer is that this show inspires and uplifts every woman on her journey to motherhood and high ratings help make that possible. And last but certainly not least, if you, a friend or family member, would like to share your story on the For This Child I Have Prayed podcast, I would be honored to have you. There's a form in the show notes that you can fill out, and then I will be in touch. Until next time, remember that God has a plan for you. There's a miracle in the making, and I'll be praying for you. Bye. Bye.